Welcome to episode two of the brand new series of Having a Natter by Robinson Ralph. Uh, I am Simon Albert Joseph Robinson, and with me today is David Silito. What was the middle name, Dave? Uh, it's David Michael Silito, and I'm a little bit troubled that you said Having a Natter with such derision there, um, but trust me, listener, it will be worth it to carry on listening. I think they'll find that the derision was well deserved. And Imogen, uh, insert middle name Templeman. Hello, my hello. middle name is. Your middle name is Hello. No, my middle name is Ezra. Ezra's a great <laughs> middle name. Is that after George Ezra? <laughs> I can only presume so. All right, okay, good stuff. And has everyone had a good week? I had a good week, thanks. I had Monday off, went to the cinema to see Sing 2. Did you, oh, excellent. Did you go by yourself? Uh, no, I did have on a number of children with me, uh, actually. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't be ashamed to go by myself to the cinema to see Sing Two. No, no, no. Well, I, I mean, the only thing that that um, that I like to do when I go to the cinema is get dressed up as as the characters. Okay, right. So um, on on with the case. Who's talking about it this week? Uh, yeah, I can if you like. Dave, um, I'd love that. And then I'm particularly interested to know what Imogen, um, Imogen will tell us what you and I both thought about it, which yeah. is, so, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. Uh, the case that we're going to talk about today is the case of Alette against Scarsdale Grange Nursing Home Limited. So it's a first instance decision. So just in the employment tribunal, um, it's not binding on any other tribunal, but um, of interest because it's quite topical. And you'll soon find out why. Um, so the claimant was employed in a care home. That um, is topical. That is topical. Yeah, care homes yeah. are in existence. Um, but she was employed in a care home as a care assistant. The um, care home provided residential care for dementia sufferers. Um, and, of course, the um, government have recently imposed and are now considering repealing uh, the vaccine mandate for NHS um, and care home but workers. I think it's gone though, hasn't it? Hasn't it definitely gone? I just read on the BBC that they were um, consulting on or considering repealing yeah, it. I read that as well, but then I read that on Monday, um, Sajid Javid had announced it was happening. So yes, I can understand mm. why you would say the way you said it, and I regret I asking you a question. I think it's one of those things that has got trailed in the media to see the reaction before they actually announce it uh, in the frustrating way that the government seems to have done a lot of its uh, governing over the course of the pandemic. Um, but it does seem to be on the way out. But um, this uh, care home had decided to introduce, introduce their own um, vaccine uh, mandate um, before the government uh, introduced it into to care homes. The employee here, Miss Alette, didn't want to have the vaccine. Um, she told her employer that she didn't trust the vaccine and that it had been rushed through without proper um, testing. Um, because of her stance in refusing to have the vaccine, um, her, she was invited to a disciplinary hearing on the basis that she failed to follow a reasonable management um, instruction. At the disciplinary hearing, she said that her objection to the vaccine was because of her religion, um, which was Rastafarianism, um, and that uh, her religion prevented her from taking any form of non-natural um, medication. The care home didn't 
um, accept that explanation. Um, they felt that it was simply because um, she didn't trust the vaccine. Uh, they felt that that was not a reasonable um, excuse for failing to um, take the vaccine. Um, they felt that um, their mandate was introduced for sound reasons um, in that unvaccinated staff would pose a risk to the health of residents, staff and visitors. Um, and they uh, therefore dismissed her for failing to follow a reasonable management instruction. Um, she brought a claim for unfair dismissal um, and wrongful dismissal. She was dismissed for uh, without notice, having been dismissed for gross misconduct. She didn't actually bring a claim for religious discrimination, um, but she did argue um, that the dismissal was an unlawful infringement on her human rights, specifically Article 9, the freedom of conscience, thought uh, and religion. Um, that didn't really get her anywhere. Human rights arguments very rarely do um, go anywhere. Uh, had she brought a religious discrimination claim, uh, then um, perhaps uh, that would have been a bit more relevant. Uh, but as it was, the tribunal really considered things um, essentially against um, ordinary unfair dismissal principles. And the tribunal found that it was a reasonable management instruction uh, that the um, care home had sound reasons for introducing the policy um, and that really therefore it kind of naturally followed that failing to get vaccinated was um, an unreasonable failure to comply with that management uh, instruction in the circumstances um, in particular where the tribunal didn't accept the validity of the claimant's um, reasons for not getting um, vaccinated. So uh, the um, tribunal did, I mean, they, they, they went through the motions of considering the Article 9 point, but they did feel that there was a legitimate aim here um, in protecting the health and safety of residents, staff and visitors, and that the dismissal was proportionate interference um, with uh, the right to freedom of conscious thought and religion, a, a proportionate means of achieving that aim, um, which is indicative perhaps of how the tribunal may have looked at a religious discrimination claim had one um, been brought. So is it useful? Is it of general application? Um, well, uh, if the vaccine mandate um, had continued, if it had been introduced, then any employer dismissing on the basis of a government mandate um, is gonna be in a very strong position to defend any unfair dismissal claim, any discrimination um, claim. Um, this case will be of more relevance now that there is no um, government mandate, um, but I would caution any employer from relying on it um, in, in order to make uh, any sort of policy decisions. I mean, one, it is a first instance decision. Um, two, uh, the tribunal here accepted the employer's um, basis for the uh, for the instruction to get vaccinated. That was um, back at an earlier stage of the pandemic. Uh, things may be uh, different um, now. I know, Simon, you've talked in the past about um, a sort of almost like a critical level where staff are vaccinated, sort of 80 or 90% and beyond Beyond that, um, yeah. there's very little benefit. Is that, do you think that, would that apply here, do you think? It was something like that. That was, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking off the top of my head. There was some figure like that when I read about it. It said only a, a certain number of staff and a certain number of residences, residents have to be vaccinated. And whilst I get the, 
I suppose the argument of well, vaccination is the best line of defence. Um, bearing in mind that, as I understand it, and uh, I, I think I'm right in saying this, that it's not accepted that the people who are vaccinated can still catch it. I know I did, and can still spread it. <clears throat> um, then, and it's not foolproof. It is why is having a negative test in on a daily basis or even twice daily? instead of the vaccine um, posing more of a risk to residents. And it may well be there's been a study done on that, which, which says it, but I, I don't recall having seen one, which is, which is married those two solutions up. Yeah. And, and the other point, Dave, I've just, I've just been checking on the, um, the, and it's the Nursing Times I'm, I'm, I'm reading, but they're, they're quoting from what the statement that Sajid Javid has made. And he says, um, he believes it's no longer proportionate to require vaccination as a condition of deployment through statute. Today, I'm announcing we will launch a consultation ending vaccination as a condition um, of deployment in health and social care, subject to the responses and the will of this house, the government will revoke the regulations. I can't help but wonder how long that consultation is going to be, bearing in mind the, the instruction to dismiss, I think, notice of dismissal are given tomorrow, aren't they, from when we record yeah, this? I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's tomorrow. And there's, a, there's sort of a time frame where people have got to get their first vaccine, yeah. haven't they, which might yeah. be tomorrow. Um, first vaccine by tomorrow, and then the regulations uh, were due to come into place on the 1st of April, where if they wasn't fully vaccinated, yeah. they faced deployment. Um, it was just, you could not employ them after that day. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is, so that's uh, the, the, the notion of, we don't think it's proportionate, but we're going for a consultation. But hasn't said how long it's going to be. Yeah, well, uh, government consultations rarely change the the outcome that is uh, that is set out at the outset. In in, in my experience, so I suspect oh, no, I, I they will that. follow through with that. Um, but yeah, just coming back to the the case, right. I and mean, I think the particular industry um, is probably relevant as well. An employer introducing a vaccine mandate where they're dealing with um, vulnerable adults in a care home is going to be very different where you are um, operating a factory for example. Mm. Um, the employee's reasons here, I, I can't help but think probably didn't do her any favour, by which I mean her inconsistency. Um, had she maintained a stance throughout that was perhaps um, based on dealing with the employer's specific concerns about protecting the health of the residents of the care home, for example, the, the sort of um, vaccine uh, threshold over which there's little benefit to getting anybody else vaccinated that we mentioned, then maybe um, there would have been a different outcome. Mm. But her inconsistency didn't um, uh, impress her employer, obviously, and it won't have impressed the tribunal. Had her, again, had her reason been religion, and she stated that from the outset, then um, maybe she would have had a better case. Uh, it would have been not a direct religious discrimination claim. Uh, of course, um, she wouldn't have been dismissed because of her religion. It would have been because of the way that that religion was manifested. Um, yeah. And it, following the case of Iwada, um, where the British Airways air hostess was wearing a uh, gold cross, um, it wouldn't have to be a manifestation of the religion that uh, the majority or even anybody else in that religion um, adopted for her to qualify to bring an indirect discrimination. Forgive me, Dave. Did that did that case um, consider uh, why negative daily testing wouldn't provide protection to the residents? 
the case of a let? Yes. No, um, I don't believe so, no. And I, I don't believe that. I suppose it would have ha had the claimant put that forward yeah. as an alternative, an alternative to dismissal, then that would have come into it. But I, I don't believe that she, that she did. No, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's surprising that she didn't. I would have thought that would be the, the case. I mean, it may, it may well have been that the, the care home would have said in those circumstances at the expense of that. I, 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 mean, I don't know. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, but what is the expense of that and dismissal of an employee um, and having to recruit somebody else in an industry that's struggling for staff isn't yeah. uh, doesn't come without its consequences either, does it? No, absolutely. Well, yeah, we can see what was it, 40,000 care home residents went because of the mandate and now they're being told they can come back. It'll be interesting to see how many of them actually do. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, a lot of them will have um, and if they were from abroad, they may may well have just gone back home. Mm. Um, and yeah, what's their what's their inclination to come back? Probably having um, feeling that they've been treated fairly badly. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and we should make it clear there we're not we're not making any commentary ourselves. It's we're just conjecture about how they might feel. So please, yeah, please not don't. by their employer, but yeah. by the yeah. by the government for introducing yeah. the, the mandate in the first place. Imogen, do I have any other thoughts on this, or I covered? Everything. Um, I think you, you've covered everything. I think it was quite clear that the tribunal um, had that criticism because it wasn't clear from the outset. She didn't mention um, her hesitancy because of her religious beliefs until after her disciplinary hearing. And the ultimate reason that, that she was found to, to refuse the vaccine was due to unsubstantiated belief that there was a conspiracy. Um, so I think had it have been uh, clearer from the outset and and she've had a more clear-cut case perhaps the outcome could have been different and I think it'll be interesting to see any future cases brought on this basis given given obviously the u-turn in in the mandate I'll be interested to see whether or not people bring any race discrimination claims based on mm. uh, dismissal for no jab no job policies because um, my understanding is that it is um, statistically the case that people from ethnic minorities are uh, more likely to have um, declined to take the vaccine uh, and therefore any policy that depends on vaccine status um, may well indirectly discriminate uh, against people from ethnic minorities. Uh, now of course that doesn't mean that the uh, discriminatory policy is unlawful, it may be that it's justified, uh, proportionate means of achieving a uh, legitimate uh, aim. Um, but uh, it, it may well be that the impact of such a policy is greater in certain industries where the, uh, uh, you know, there are more employees from ethnic minorities and in other industries. Will, will that impact on the proportionality of the, the, the measure? Um, mm. I think I'd be, really, I'd, I'd be really interested to see the outcome of that, that case. I wonder as well, also, at the, t at the time the decision was made by that care home, there was... Was that at the time when when the mandatory the mandatory vaccination was on the horizon, is coming into place? So they thought, well, it's coming into place, <clears throat> so <clears throat> we may as well get ahead of, ahead of the curve. And I think the this was before Omicron as well, wasn't it? This was back when it was Delta. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I think that's relevant in terms of um, the government have now had this this decision to come into the endemic and that it's the return to normal life and, and they're going to start not requiring 
uh, potentially people to quarantine when there's a positive case um, after the current regulations lapse on the 24th of March. So given that this is a milder variant and that move from the government towards living with with the virus, it may be that, you know, this this just this just cannot um, go on any longer. No, well, let's 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 see. Hopefully, if there's a next variant, it's even less serious and um, things can get back to some semblance of normality. But anyway, just to to confirm, sorry, the dismissal was 1st of February 2021. So very different times, I think, to to those that we're in now. Yeah. 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 And you can I suppose you could you can uh, you can perhaps see why the employer in that in that. That time period. That time period, yeah, was was took took the decision that they made. Given where we are now, you kind of wonder whether employers, especially in industries with recruitment problems, would make that. You know, especially not just with the, the milder variant, but also the increase in vaccination rates and other matters that can be put in place. But obviously, that's a matter for each employer. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if your aim if your aim is to protect residents, and one of the outcome of if your policy, one of the outcomes of your policy is going to be um, short staffing of your care home, uh, then yeah. that may well impact on the question of um, whether you're achieving your legitimate aim proportionally. Well, it's funny, so I, I, I posted something on LinkedIn today about um, care homes and um, uh, Anita Astle, who's the managing director of Ren Hall Nursing Home, lost seven out of 148 staff and she's she gave an account of the the impact that had on on client care. Um, yeah, that's 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 probably worth a read. It was it was in the Telegraph. So there you go. All right, thank you, uh, David Imogen. That was really well. I thought it was useful and interesting. Um, it was a good blend of clarity and information in that absolutely. podcast. I think it was a perfect podcast. Do you know what? I'm not usually one for hyperbole, but perfect seems the right description if anything it's understating how good it was <laughs> <laughs> i tend to agree i tend to agree right thank you for those of you who have listened uh, thank you imogen and dave and we shall see you next week bye 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 guys bye